Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my co-host, Kate Roberts. Hello, Kate. Hey, Wynne. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. So just before we started, we had our, our usual chat, which was, what are we going to talk about today? And I had an idea, which is uh, a big surprise to me that I had an idea. And not a surprise that Kate said, okay, let's do that. Not necessarily because it's a good idea, but Kate's just too nice to say otherwise. That's really what it is. But this one to me is interesting. And if you can see, if you are watching on YouTube and not just listening, Kate did shake her head um, at that comment that I just made because it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but only a little bit tongue-in-cheek. The idea that I had goes back to something that I and a lot of people I talk to, a lot of clients, a lot of colleagues, a lot of associates, a lot of people I work with have, they get sticky about. And from for myself, what I notice where I get sticky is in starting or trying to do something and not getting started. I'm really good at that. And I don't know anyone who can't relate to that of wanting to do something, but just don't get started. And about a year ago, during writing class, a writing teacher, Jill Swales, read out a poem by the poet David White which I thought was nice. Okay, cool. And then about a week ago, someone else read out a poem to me by David White. And I thought, oh, that's really nice. I really felt it. And, and I downloaded one of his uh, audio books of him reading out his own poems. And the first one, was the poem that I'd heard a year ago in writing class, and it's called Start Close In. So I prepared for this. I actually have it printed out. So with your permission, Kate, can I read it? Oh, you win. All right. And probably with, as well as your permission, David White's permission, um, called Start Close In, and I'll try and do it justice. Start Close In by David White. Start Close In. Don't take the second step or the third. Start with the first thing. Close In. The step you don't want to take. Start with the ground you know. The pale ground beneath your feet. Your own way to begin the conversation. Start with your own question. Give up on other people's questions. Don't let them smother something simple. To hear another's voice, follow your own voice. 
wait until that voice becomes an intimate private ear that can really listen to another. Start right now. Take a small step that you can call your own. Don't follow someone else's heroics. Be humble and focused. Start close in. Don't mistake that other for your own. Start close in. Don't take the second step or the third. Start with the first thing, close in, the step you don't want to take. If I remembered that, every time I get stuck, I wouldn't get stuck. So at the time of recording, I want to, to write a, a newsletter to my contacts and clients and former clients. And I've been mulling it over for the last three days. And the reason that I've been mulling it over, which is a polite way of saying when you've got stuck, you're not doing it, is because I'm thinking of anything other than start close in, which is pen, paper, write. First step, start close in. Because I'm thinking about it being good, being profound, being smart, touching people who read it, being valuable, all that stuff. I'm not even on step three. I'm on step 303. And if all I remembered was pick up the pen, put it to paper, start with the first letter, then that becomes a word, then there's another word. I'd have something written. And once I've written it, there'll be another step, which is editing. Then it will be send it to the person I've got, helping me with that, and then they would send it out. But no, I start with step 33, not step one. So I'm going to pin that up, start close in. Don't take the second step or the third. Start with the first thing. Close in the step you don't want to take. I could staple that to my forehead. And it would do me the world of good to remember that. One way of saying it is it is the, the antidote to overthinking. Because overthinking is doing what I and lots of other people do as humans. Think about step 33 and 303. Not close in the one little step. Not for other people. As it says here, don't follow someone else's heroics. Be humble and focused. Start close in. Don't mistake that other for your own. So wise. I think that poem really speaks to me. When I find myself not moving forward lately, it's, it always seems to come back to the fact that I'm believing something that I'm thinking. Something that I'm thinking looks, looks real, looks true. It always comes down to that. 
something still truly true for me. Whether it's um, a story of what a newsletter is supposed to look like or how other people have done their newsletters and the story I've created around that or um, that it'll be uncomfortable or it means doing things I don't really want to do or and it just goes on and on. I mean, at least that's the way, the way it really looks for me. And the thing is, I can't really see anything new on that yet. Because it looks real. And when it doesn't look real, I move through it and it's easy. Like I'm not pushing through anything or forcing anything. And I don't know if we can force ourselves to see something new when we don't see it yet. But to the poet's point, I think there is something to showing up in that moment and being willing to Maybe just notice the story we're making around it. Not need to change the story or be any different. Maybe just notice, oh my gosh, I've got a whole thing around this. I think that there's something that shifts in that space. The curiosity, you know, when you sit in that and you notice you got it going on and you're like, man, not funny. And kind of get curious about it. Explore it. Maybe even being willing to be uncomfortable in it. We're these creatures where we create stories about what's uncomfortable and then we don't want to sit in that feeling. We don't want to be uncomfortable. So we'll find things to do or be or say that keep us out of that. But I wonder, and I don't know this for sure, obviously, but I wonder if there's something about just being willing to feel that and get curious about it. Maybe being okay not seeing more than you already do about a subject. I don't know. What do you think? Well, see two things in that, at least two. Because if I know I've made a story up about it, there's nothing more to see. It's like, oh, it's an illusion. What do you do with an illusion? Huh? <laughs> what, do you, what do you do with something that doesn't exist? Uh, okay. Then... There's clearly, in, in what you said and what I said too, is that there's clearly some residual, this is real, not a story going on, or this feeling has meaning to it. And I think it's the second one for me that I notice is that I would love to have more of a a separation between how I feel and what I do. I don't feel quite ready for this. 
so I don't do it. When the truth is, that's just one of the worst ideas ever, that that would be a guiding system for when I do things would be when I feel I'm ready for them. Because what I feel I'm ready for, I'm a terrible judge of that. I have no right to, for that to be my guiding system. Because I'm just listening to a story. But the story creates a feeling, and the feeling is something that I guide myself by. And being a human, I don't think I'm going to transcend that. But I can see a little bit more as time goes on, as time goes on, that just chips away at how my insecure feelings, my thinking about step three and 303 and what other people will think of my step 304, that that starts to make a lot less sense of how to live my life and what I do with it. I was commenting to, um, to a client last week that I still think I place more. And I think I do. Well, maybe medium as opposed to small, if we're talking about garments and clothing, maybe I've just gone up a size there, in a good way. And I've been puzzled by this in the last week or so. What would it be like if I didn't believe any story I have about me and my capability and how life would play out in the future? What if I didn't buy any of it? What if I wasn't guided by those insecure feelings? I just wonder. I just wonder if I knew that everything was an illusion and everything was up for grabs and that it really is just lots of stuff that don't exist. The story of me. What I would do. I don't know. When do you think whether or not you play small or not has anything to do with you? Whether I think I play small or not, whether it has anything to do with me. No idea is the first answer and probably my last two, although probably between the first and last I'll make up something else. Let me think about that. Do I think I've got anything? The only thing I think I have some agency in, some say in is, do I continue to look to the word that you've used a few times today? Get curious about. Open-mindedly curious about. Things. Things being the catch-all word for lots of things. But if I was open-mindedly curious about me, life, feelings, thought appearing real stories, and the truth of 
my illusory stories that just look and feel real. If I just stay curious, I'll see more, and more will fall away. That's been my experience of the last 10 years anyway, or probably longer than that. The last 10 years of my inquiry into what Sidney Baxter discovered of the three principles then. Yeah, but there's a part of me that then still thinks I don't know how much of that is on me. I think curiosity is an innate non-Win Morgan thing. And the principles as discovered by Sidney Banks aren't Sidney Banks's, they're not any one person's, they are what looks true to, to me anyway. But how human beings work, totally impersonal to me. And as best I can, I just show up. But I don't really think that I am the one that does the showing up either. And I can easily get very heady into that. And then I remember I can get heady over it and then I'm out of it again. What do you think? Because that was a great question. A little bit like you. I start to think about it and realize I don't know. Yeah. But I'll say that at the moment, it's looking a little bit like if I can be in that space, like in the, like with the reality of the space and not need to change it or have it be any different, which is, is very new for me, is to be in, in the moment and not need it to be different, not need to see more, to know more, change it, to resist it. Like if I can actually just be there, And then at the same time, know that if I'm not seeing the perfection, it's only because there's more to see. There's more to see on that. So if there is something that I'm not seeing, I don't know if that's up to me. But if I'm supposed to see it, I just heard a friend say this, like, if, if there was something for me to see on this right now, I'd be seeing it. I don't know if that's up to me. But like what you said, just a, a willingness to be curious. A willingness to just experience whatever's happening in the moment. And that includes if I know I'm making up a story and it still feels really real, you know? Real enough to not move forward, to just be in that space and get curious about it. Because I'm not sure if what looks real, you know? I'm not sure if that's really up to me. I think we pick stuff up along the way in our life. Beliefs and ideas and 
habitual thinking, like that's just kind of part of being alive. It's only really recently that I've started giving myself a hard time about it. I mean, I still do, yeah. Just occurred to me that if when I'm stuck, I could get curious about what it what looks like I'm stuck in, and then see through it, or I could just do. And I don't know which one I do which one I do, whether I stay curious or whether I do the avoiding tactic of anything but that thing and keep it at the bottom of my, of my to-do list. Or it's still at the top of my to-do list, but I do everything beneath it, which is very accurate. Or I just start close in and don't take the second step, just take the first. Sometimes I'll do that. And there's nothing... There's no right or wrong in any of it. I love the freedom of that's life being hoodwinked. And sometimes it keeps us from doing things and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes things make sense and sometimes they don't. And sometimes we're nuts and sometimes we're brilliant and sometimes we're brilliantly nuts. at a level up here, at a higher level with perspective, that's just fascinating and funny and profound and infuriating at the same time when I'm stuck. And if I think that stuck is a problem and I personalize stuck, go back to your question about how much of that is on me it's a fun thing to explore. Yeah. And what's cool is that, at least I think, especially when I'm not in it, right? What's cool is that you could be in that space where you still haven't written your freaking newsletter. And yet that space feels completely different than that space of like, oh, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, and I'll do something else. Like just being in that space, you still haven't written anything, yeah. but it's from that new feeling. That curiosity that, yep, this is where I'm at. <laughs> Making it up. That feels completely different. And I think that's where that, that happens, that anything could happen from that space, including not doing it. Yeah. Right. But it also shows by the virtue of that can be a completely different feeling to it. It shows that the newsletter has got nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Because if we could be so such have such a different feeling about the thing, then the thing isn't the cause of the feeling. And that's just a lovely thing to be reminded of. And as you said, whether it gets done or doesn't. I really think sometimes when that, that's when we really start to see that 
getting caught up is actually our invitation. Back home. And there's gratitude for getting caught up. I think gratitude is a natural byproduct of having seen something as opposed to let me let me do gratitude it's it's a sign of wait i've seen something if i'm grateful and we can't shortcut that i've tried let me do gratitude because that will get me through this wait wrong way around pal wrong way around when not saying there's anything wrong in doing gratitude i think it's an amazing thing but it's never done it for me where it's been a transformational path gratitude to me has been the outcome of seeing something profound we just are living breathing gratitude Let go of the noise long enough to remember that. Joining us far into the noise. We have gratitude for you. I'm Kay Roberts and I'm here with Wynn Morgan. Thanks, Wynn. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.